Welcome to the One Life Maps podcast. Here's your host and co-author of Listen to My Life, maps for recognizing and responding to God in my story, Sharon Swing. Greetings. This is Sharon Swing. I'm here today along with Sybil Towner. Say hi. Hi. Happy to be with you all today. And Joan Kelly. Hey, everybody. Now, Sybil Towner is the co-author, along with me, of Listen to My Life, Maps for Recognizing and Responding to God in My Story. And Joan Kelly is our Director of Facilitator Development for One Life Maps. And before we get started in this episode about who's responsible, um, I'd like to remind you that we have a virtual coaching group starting. We'll be taking people through the entire Listen to My Life, Maps for Recognizing and Responding to God in My Story process all eight maps over 10 weeks starting September 8th. You can find out more about that on the website. So today, who's responsible? This piece of work comes from a handout that we often give people if we're doing a workshop. Um, and we're, it kind of pairs along with the listening guidelines we use for Listen to My Life. But this particular um, handout and piece of work is a little bit more expansive and it kind of gets into how we manage our lives a little bit. So Sybil, why don't you give us a little bit of an introduction to where this came from? Yeah, well, this came from uh, the work of uh, Gary Sweeten and Ann Clippard, and it's actually uh, listed or written in a book called Listening for Heaven's Sake. And uh, it was out of the work of listening that uh, College Hill Presbyterian Church really took seriously. So uh, anytime we take the work of listening seriously, we're going to ask the question, who's responsible? And uh, are you responsible for something or are you responsible to something? So they are still both a Gary and uh, Ann are still involved in ministry and still involved in uh, teaching uh, listening skills and uh, helping others in this very work of um, figuring out if they are responsible. Right. Now, this book, Listening for Heaven's Sake, um, lists um, Gary Sweeten, David Ping, and Ann Clippard as the authors, and mm -hmm. it is out of print but you can still find it if you search around for a little bit. We found some copies on, uh, on Amazon and uh, some other places, anywhere between like $15 and a hundred and some dollars. Now it's worth every bit of the hundred and some dollars, but we're just warning you, we're taking something out of the archive <laughs> here, <laughs> but you can find out more in the show notes. And we've been given permission to use this and, and duplicate this particular handout. So I'll give a copy to that in the handout in the show notes as well. But as we get into this, um, it says Christians can get confused when we equate being responsible for others with being responsible to others. So Sybil, what's the overview story of the difference between being responsible to someone or for someone? Well, I think one of the best ways to talk about that is uh, for any of us who have been parents or who have um, uh, been privy to caring for children uh, or actually caring for someone with a disability or caring for someone in their older years. When you think about a child in those uh, early uh, toddler years, you have to be responsible for them. They cannot be without your care. 
And so there is no parent or caregiver who does not know the energy that that takes. If you are caring for a person with disabilities who is not able to manage on their own, you can listen to a parent who will tell you, this is really hard work. I am having to live two lives. I have to think for my um, child or adult that I'm caring for. And for those of you who have cared for older adults who can no longer manage their finances, their house care, their meals, what pills they take, you, you can just go on. You know what it is to think for another person. And you haven't had to stop thinking for yourself. It's not like you can just turn yourself off. So I think in the sense of a feeling space, just get inside that and feel that place. Um, and and uh, anyway, I just like to just stop there and just say, you know, Joan or Sharon, you know, just enter that and uh, help feel that space of being responsible for in an appropriate way. I mean, Sybil, as you were talking, just face after face, you know, came up. Um, mm -hmm. As I look at this handout, and hopefully you pull this up when you're done listening to this or as you are listening to it, it's essentially two columns, like when I feel responsible for others, and then it gives you, you know, what that looks like and paints that pictures. And then on the right side, it says when I feel responsible to others. And so I haven't looked at this document in quite a while. And, you know, now there are new faces, <laughs> you know, that come to mind. I think of my kids, right, that as, as toddlers, as babies, were definitely, I was responsible for them. Well, now my last one is going off to college in about a month. And I was just thinking this morning before we got on the call, I'm like, oh, wait a minute. Have we really went through the, you know, the checkbook stuff? Or have we really went through the, you know, all the things that could happen with the laundry? <laughs> and so, you know, for me, the left-hand side with my kids, it's like this continuum. Like I'm just constantly trying to move them over to where they are really, I'm really mm -hmm. responsible to them. Mm -hmm. um, but I think of like my mother in her last years where we were caring for her and all of a sudden this woman who has you know she was responsible for me and now i had to become responsible for her and so there's kind of this ebb and flow between the the two yeah. things yeah. right and and that responsible two piece is is such a different thing because we're dealing with with functioning adults mm -hmm. um in that kind of a way and when you know, that, that, that right on the cusp of empty nesting thing happens. It's, it, it's so difficult sometimes to navigate. It's kind of exactly a dance between the two. How you respond <laughs> in various different situations or how many questions you ask, or did you think about this or did you think about that and all. And uh, in the past year, my son, who's 23, got married. And so, but then, you know, so he's launched and everything seems, you know, I'll look, okay, this is feeling pretty good. We've got, we've got him launched. I'm, I'm shifted into that responsible two space, but then coronavirus happens and he and his wife and his wife's sister moved back in with us. And it was really interesting because I had to keep, I had to keep check on myself as to how I navigated relationships to adults in my life that 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 are young and 
and uh, it was an internal thing, and I hope it wasn't evident to the people around me, right? Mm -hmm. um, but the I, I recognized that that's what I was dealing with mm -hmm. was this, this this tension, and and you were dealing with it in a space where you had been responsible for him. And yes. so all of the triggers that would come came uh, because he walked down the same steps, sat at the same table. And, and has uh, some of the same habits. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, uh, so, but now he has a wife who can speak to him about them. Uh, good in an affirmative way or other. You know, I think it would be really helpful as I think of people listening to it, just to be able to say uh, sort of what being responsible for others. We described a situation um, in that so we could get into the, I don't know, the emotive part. But when I feel responsible for others, and I'll start with the first part, and then you just uh, slip into the second part, Joan. But I want to fix, I want to protect, rescue control, carry their feelings, and I don't tend to listen well. That's all in the responsible for category. Yes. Mm -hmm. And so then how do you feel? Some so when I feel, so I'm responsible for others, I can feel these things. See if you identify. I feel tired, anxious, fearful, and liable. Mm-hmm. And then in many cases, I'm concerned with the solution, how they're going to learn something, how they're going to be cared for, uh, will they be all right for the next day. I'm concerned for answers, circumstances, being right, details, and performance. And so what does that make me look like? Well, I think the, the key piece before we say the next thing that's on the handout here is sometimes we continue being responsible for people into places where we have no business being responsible for them. Right. And so what do we become? Right. So as our children grow and, and they believe that they are completely responsible for themselves and we try to do too much or even other people in our lives at work, friends, mm -hmm. whatever else. So we start we start acting like we're responsible for them instead of to them. So what it ends up looking like is that I'm kind of over-controlling, mm -hmm. manipulating. Um, and I, and, and I'm, I have expectations of people that I may, may, or I may or may not have expressed, mm -hmm. which yes, kind of ends up being hit. kind of a passive-aggressive thing. Yes. Mm -hmm. And so in a business setting, you would call that micromanaging. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep. You know, and, and, uh, and some of us can identify, oh my goodness, that is what I do. Um, and, uh, and or, I, I become frustrated with the situation. If I'm the person doing it right, I can become frustrated with this situation, which I'm saying is with the person when actually it's me. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. That's a big part of the problem. Now think about, uh, here we are doing this, uh, doing this podcast uh, in the season that we're doing it within the midst of the pandemic, within the midst of the uh, issues around racial injustice, where we feel people who have been responsible feel incredibly out of control. 
Say more about that, Sybil. Well, uh, you know, the, the, the uncertainty, somebody who is, uh, has, has done a, a ritual with their children related to school. We've gone here, we've gotten this, we've gotten prepared, here's how they'll have their first day. Now we don't know exactly what that will look like. And so uh, one person said, I mean, it just leaves me discombobulated. And, uh, and so, um, so that, that stirs, uh, then, then I may try to control things that are not even necessary to control. But I think there's a situation where the normal external things that we've been used to managing, even in being responsible for or to, are sort of mixed up at the moment. Right. Well, and I so, think our emotions get even magnified even more, right? So yes. as you were saying, Sybil, for me, it, it, and I think initially I can think of me in the, in the beginning, like then I want to control even more. <laughs> yes. And so something yes. that was sort of unhealthy at times becomes super unhealthy because it's my way of dealing with, it's way I was coping with what was going right. on. Because I can't control all these things that are happening regarding the pandemic and right. and shelter in place and uncertainties about school starting and everything else. So any amount of control freakism in me, one mm-hmm. it wants has to direct that someplace. It's on steroids. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. So, so I, a lot yeah. of misdirected uh, uh, response. Yeah, that's a whole nother layer. I feel like there's this whole other layer of that on top of this uh, really great yes. metaphor. Yeah, and, we've got this piece of content that now coronavirus has entered into. Yeah. <laughs> and, so, and even, yeah, put it, put it overboard. Yeah, and just, and this is such an important thing to be able to notice. It's kind of like sorting a closet where I've had all these things that I've been responsible for and I don't release any of them. Maybe I release some of the doing of them, but I don't release the emotive part of them or thinking about them or sorting out about them. And, um, uh, and so, um, so I, I worked with uh, somebody on their My Life Now map. And as they looked about what their situation was, what was important, what was causing restlessness, what they were drawn to, who were the people in their life, what was their lingering question, they looked at it and they said, do you know the word that is in every single one, every single puzzle piece except what I'm drawn toward is the word responsible? They said, I mean, they just said, it was like a light bulb said, I am over responsible, but they had never seen it. Well, I remember really, really early on, now it's like 18 years ago when we first started using these maps with others, um, somebody was in the first class that we did and um, kind of rushed into the second class and got right up close to me, right in my face and says, that darn map. It showed me I'm a control freak. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, and I was like, wow, that's quite an insight. Didn't ask yeah. any questions about that. Yeah. How did you get there? Yeah, yeah. And, and it was just, it, it just is a process of being able to document how you feel about where your life is. Yeah. That being, that, that sometimes these things can get revealed to us. But then the, the trick is, figuring out, okay, how do I actually 
become different? How do I let go of some of the, those tendencies that I have? And I think some of that gets answered in the next column. So we, we've just covered what it feels like to be responsible for others. So let's talk about when, I when I'm responsible to people, what that looks like and feels like. Yeah. Well, when I'm responsible to others, I show empathy. So in a sense, one of the ways of that is I get into their shoes. I get out of my shoes. I'm actually really listening and I encourage. Um, there is a sharing and there is a confronting that um, uh, may help someone in what they need to do or not do. There's a sensitivity that is present and all of that is embodied in listening, in really listening. And I think from a Christian perspective, what I would say is I am believing in God for the life and movement and work of that other person. Mm -hmm. And that is there's a release in me in making something happen for them. I become present to them. And so then some of the feelings that begin to emerge out of that. So I begin to feel relaxed. There's a freedom kind of feeling there. Um, I feel aware, probably aware of myself and of others and of God. And then there I feel a high self-worth. Yeah. Say more about high self-worth in that context, Sybil. Um, well, let's, uh, let's think about that. Um, part of what makes us responsible for somebody is we're actually taking care of ourselves. Something in us, ha either through habit, through parents, through generations before us, the way we were okay was to fix people, advise them, to rescue them. That's, that's just the way we learned. And there's a lot of that in our culture and a lot of that within the Christian culture. Right. So you're saying we're not finding our self-worth in having to over, be overly responsible for and do too much or fix too much for yes. others. And I, I think I've experienced, um, especially in the church world, where, where there's just this jump toward, um, oh, you've got a problem? Let me fix it. And it's one thing to offer help. It's a whole nother thing to be in a conversation that all of a sudden find yourself in a counseling conversation, right? Yes. It's like, wait, 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 wait. I wasn't asking for advice. Yeah. <laughs> kind yeah. of thing. And I think there can be sometimes a, a little bit of a superiority thing that comes in that, that when you're on the receiving end of that, when you just state something and all of a sudden somebody's giving you Bible verses and, and be, and, and uh, um, saying, you know, and, and just trying to, trying to fix you 
you know. Yes. <laughs> and that's it. Yes. And when you say Bible verse, and it's one of the things when uh, we talk about three-way listening, one of the cautions that we give people is please do not give a Bible verse. That's when you, you think this is the answer. It might be, but you think it's the answer. They may not think it's the answer. And until they think it might be the answer, there is no answer. Yeah. Uh, and so, uh, so we tend to, we tend to uh, when you think in terms of tools, we tend to use the Bible as a hammer. Mm-hmm. We, we don't consider the idea of a uh, paintbrush that just sort of has a stroke and says, I wonder if you would consider this story or this text. Does that connect to you at all? And if it doesn't, it doesn't. Mm-hmm. let it go. So that's, a, um, that's just one of the ways that many of us have been, um, been raised in, uh, in a church experience to, to actually not think for ourselves and um, to not realize that God has the capacity to speak even to a young child and to an older adult and to in all the ages in between without our help. <laughs> yeah. And, and so responsible to, for others kind of assumes that we are the ones that need to have the right answers in that yes. situation. And we're on the responsible to side and that high self worth thing is real interesting because we see ourselves as equal in many ways. And even I think this touches into what spiritual direction looks like. Mm -hmm. If someone goes to a spiritual director to be able to um, not look to them for, um, for the answers, but help you to listen to yourself and to God for answers. Mm -hmm. Yes. And whispers and you're holding, you're holding the space, holding the story. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, and that just so so when you talk about that last part, um, uh, John, give us those those. So what you're concerned with, because it just walks us right into that, right? And before I go in there, like when you see the chart, it's very much like um, opposite ends of the spectrum. So when we were talking about um, feeling relaxed, the other side, I feel tired when I'm on a, you know, four versus two, so that it'll be really helpful when you look at this side by side. So this next part says, I'm concerned with, and we're talking about being responsible to others. I'm concerned with relating person to person as an equal to others. I'm concerned with listening to feelings and thoughts. And I'm concerned with respecting the person. Yeah. So you wind up really being a helper and a guide and you can trust and let go. Yeah. And, and I we'll want to go down, but you opened up something, Sharon, in that relating person to person or that mutuality. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is really true of spiritual direction particularly, but I think it's true of spiritual friendships uh, as well. And, um, and I think then it becomes true in our relationships with our adult children 
uh, that we have a season where we can relate as equals to others while we never lose, we can't lose having been their parent, but we can relate in this person to person kind of way. And I think of it relationally that it is the text where two or three are gathered in my name, I am present. And so I think that's the relational component, but now we have a scientific component that um, in the brain research that has been given to us where we listen deeply. So that, that is with deep empathy to another person. It says the neural networks change in the person who is speaking as well as the person who is listening. And so it really says, in a, from a scientific perspective, the ground is level. Both of us are becoming, in some sense, more of who we really are. And that, I, I don't, th there's, there's, I, there are things probably more exciting, but at this moment, there's nothing that is more exciting to me than that mutuality and that economy of God to be working healing in both parties or a small group or within a family than that kind of listening work when we're responsible to the other person. I mean, as I look at this list, like I'm drawn towards these things on the right. I mean, this is kingdom living. And uh, the other thing for me that comes to mind is because I haven't, and it's kind of good. I haven't looked at this for a while and I'm now kind of mm. before kind of thinking through my people <laughs> and where I'm falling. Like this could be a great examine, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. Yes. Um, to sit down and in a, in a curious kind of way, that's my word, curious, not critical kind of way because curious would fall on the responsible two side and go, huh, how am I doing? How am I doing with, you know, this relationship in my life? Am I leaning more towards the things on the left or somewhere in the middle or more towards the responsible two side on the right? Mm -hmm. And, um, mm -hmm. you know, even, even as you suggested, Sybil, with people that are, you know, if you have elderly parents or maybe you have a special needs child or you have somebody that has some, you know, just things that are hard where you are kind of balancing in the middle yes. sometimes too, and that's appropriate, but it can get out of control sometimes. <laughs> yes. And you need to ask for help. You know, the three of us have a dear friend who's caring for her mother. Mm -hmm. And so on occasion, she will ask us for help. And she probably, uh, for a, an emotional and a, a spiritual sense of help, and we all respond because we have a knowing. Then she will go to someone in her family and say, you know, I really need help. But she is responsible for. Mm -hmm. There is no question she cannot leave this, um, she cannot leave her parent mm -hmm. um, alone. And, uh, and so we know that that creates a fatigue, it creates uh, all sorts of things. And, and so within our circles of influence, of even being able to ask people that we know that are in that kind of a space, um, are you finding a place to really care for yourself? Mm -hmm. And uh, then in that way, there are some times where we are a part of a good solution, but um, 
but we can't miss and, and look at a person and say, oh, well, that is, we wouldn't say that's your lot in life, but, but we might say God doesn't give us more than we can handle, and that's not terribly helpful. Right. <laughs> I, I, just, I, I just want to throw a pie in your face and say, really? <laughs> it's, it, there, there are certain phrases that we use in Christendom that are just, it, it's like we've replaced that knowing not, not knowing what to say with these little flippant quotes, you know, yes. God won't give you more than you can handle. You know, it, it, there's just so many of them. Even if we, if we, if we want to talk about what people in, we could do a whole nother episode on this one, Joan, about when, when someone, when someone dies and all the crazy things that people say, we ought to do an episode on what not to say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. And make a list of what not to say that are just not helpful in, in attending to someone's soul. And, you know, I think another piece of this is getting clear when we need help, what mm-hmm. we're asking for. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, and um, because if you have healthy friendships, people aren't rushing in to rescue you without a big cause necessarily, unless you've got some interesting things going on. But, uh, <laughs> but this, this kind of mutuality where you can give and receive and, and also just be thoughtful mm-hmm. without being overly responsible mm-hmm. in the mix of things. Yes. And the grace that can flow in the midst of all of that, where we're not asking people to read our minds. Yeah. Is another piece of this, I think. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Sam. Yeah. So yeah. So so when you come to that, you know, you what you're saying is at the bottom of that, being responsible too is I can trust. You know, this is. Um, I mean, when I don't trust, uh, I'm in control. And I think we've talked sort of uh, about the small circle of people, but if, let's just take it a little broader in, in the space of our world and uh, where, where, we have a, uh, uh, where we have a sense we feel responsible for what is going on in the world. And for some people, it's incredibly overwhelming. Um, it's, uh, and they don't know what to do with it. And all of those things on the, on the, uh, being responsible for, they're tired and they overwatch the news and, and they read and here they are in this, you know, this small town or this community in which they live and they don't have in some senses access. And so I, I shared with a person who feels such, um, a deep concern. She happens to live in uh, Chicago, a larger city, and she's in the city and, and doesn't know what to do. And I said, I said to her, take out a map of the printed off of the Chicago skyline and just take your hand and move it over it and release it to God. Because in every one of those buildings, on every one of those streets, there are people who are at work and who are being responsible too. And then go back to your neighborhood and your work 
and say, what is my responsibility in this space where I live and work and have my being? I just think that sometimes because of what we're able to know and how things go viral, that we, we, get, uh, we actually get paralyzed. You know, we just, we, we just don't do, we don't do anything. So I just think that is a part of what is, is it goes on in any season, depending on what the issue is, but it certainly is going on in this season. That's a good word. Yeah, it really is. That, that what's my part in these larger conversations and, and um, you know, we've been, as, as we talked about, okay, um, with the, the real um, inflection point of the last few months in, in the conversation of, of racial equality and racial justice and, and all, there's this sense that there, there are wrongs that need to be righted. And when we talked about, okay, then what's, what can we do? And there's, there's a real need. There was a very good, it was a big need inside of me to not do nothing. <laughs> that was not going to be acceptable. And so we had a conversation and, and you asked me, well, why is it that you feel so passionately about this? I'm like, we're privileged with what we've been given. We've been given a platform. We've been given, um, you know, people that have joined our mailing list. And we, we sit here as people who deal with life story, with listening, with spiritual development. And at the intersection of that is all tied into what are we doing about making the world a more just place? And so it ended up being a conversation where we ended up taking action and, and, and doing some, uh, some mini retreats based on a reflection by Ashley Island and uh, about race in our own stories. And white people and people of color joined into those conversations that we hosted. And with the listening guidelines that we usually use in the context of doing Listen to My Life, we, we hosted these conversations and some very good things happened with just creating a space where people could listen to themselves, to God, and to one another. And it, 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 it felt like a, like a way we could contribute. Mm-hmm. And those, go ahead, Sybil. Yeah, no, you finish. No, that's, I just feel like that is, uh, you know, that, that, that ability to recognize what our own stories are, recognize what we've been gifted, what we've been, what we steward, and how to use that for good in the world mm-hmm. um, kind of gets into this responsible for and responsible to thing as well. Mm-hmm. Like what, what am I, what am, what, what kind of responsibility does, do those privileges put on us to be able to contribute for the good to the good in the world yeah. and just go yeah. ahead and take some action, see what happens. Yeah. We didn't know if people would join us for that conversation and they did. 
But the action that I saw us eventually move towards fits under this responsible too of listening yes. and learning and showing empathy and being with and crying with and weeping with. And that felt right. Mm-hmm. But and 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 so what Sharon, what you outlined is that we wrestled with it. Mm-hmm. We, and uh and uh, and there's a part in us that just wants to take control and fix it. Mm-hmm. I wish right. we could actually. <laughs> yes, yeah. right. Yeah, but yeah. the wrestling but, was an important piece of it. Right? So, yes, mm-hmm. and so that aspect of trusting and then letting go. And mm-hmm. so even the people who were on both of the retreats that we did, we invited them. We entrusted ourselves to them and they to us, but then we said goodbye and we released them into their work and uh, into their lives. Uh, and I, I just feel like that is, again, one of the ways that we were responsible to them uh, in that experience. Right. And, and then the further conversation that we're having is, okay, how do we put what, what we did because we're using Ashley's reflection questions, and but we put put it together with some methodology and doing a virtual mini retreat, and then how do we actually invite other people to do that with their groups of people mm-hmm. that they might know? Right. Um, and so how do we how do we give away what we've got in a way that it that it can multiply whatever good can happen with it? Yeah. And so in fact, since we brought that up, um, we'll host another roots mini retreat after we release this particular episode okay and so watch the show notes um and we will post in there what the next time we're doing that is otherwise you can go to the one life maps uh dot com website under products and resources and check check out our virtual uh retreats and if you're interested in hosting um an event like that for your audiences or inviting us to do that with your, maybe your intact small group or um, your church staff or something like that. We would be more than happy to be able to do that. In fact, we should do a mini retreat over uh, um, a virtual mini retreat with this particular piece of content as well. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I'd love to have conversations like that. Yeah. Okay. Well, Well, yeah, I, I love the idea. Okay, well, so we're having a strategic planning session on the One Life Maps podcast today. That's a and- bonus. That's a bonus for them. They <laughs> didn't know in. it. Go ahead and listen into our our, inter- our in- internal thought process on what we're going to do next. So we are so glad that you decided to join us. Once again, check the onelifemaps.com website. On the homepage, I've got um, our upcoming events uh, listed. You can join Sybil for the Sybil's Book Club. Um, we're doing those as pay what you want events, or you can subscribe uh, and b- become a regular part of that crowd. Um, and every month, Sybil comes up with a, selects another book to discuss. This is somehow at the story of life, the intersection of life story and spiritual development. And um, yeah, that September 8th virtual coaching group going through 10 weeks with a, in community with Listen to My Life, being able to use those listening guidelines, listen to the stories of others, deeply listen to, to God in the midst of your own story. 
And uh, so we thank you for being with us. So thanks, Joan. Great to be with you all. Mm -hmm. Yeah, thanks, Sybil. Yeah, great to just explore this topic yet again and be impacted personally by it. Yeah, it was really good to bring this content forward into this day and age, isn't it? And the, mm -hmm. the current situation we live in. So I will attach the PDF uh, download uh, of this particular handout um, in the show notes. So please go ahead and, and take a look and uh, let us know if we can help you with this content moving forward. Many blessings, everyone. Signing off. Bye-bye. Bye. This podcast is sponsored by OneLifeMaps.com, creators of unique visual life mapping materials titled Listen to My Life, Maps for Recognizing and Responding to God in My Story. Go to OneLifeMaps.com to purchase your Listen to My Life portfolio of visual life maps. While you're there, check out our upcoming virtual coaching groups, live workshops, and options for you to facilitate the Listen to My Life experience with others. That's OneLifeMaps.com. O-N-E-L-I-F-E-M-A-P-S dot com. Please subscribe, rate, review, and share this podcast with others. You can help support this podcast and the work of One Life Maps by supporting us on Patreon. Go to www.patreon.com slash onelifemaps to pledge $5 or more per month and get weekly audio meditations to help you recognize and respond to God in your story. Thank you for tuning in to the One Life Maps podcast. Until next time, make the most of this one life that you've been gifted.